When you get older, it's time to get bolder. There ain't no use in taking abuse. Listen, of course, to our friend Dr. Forrest. Stand up for yourself. Don't put your life on the shelf. Now we're calling on you. Let's open our mouths. all join together. Stand up and shout. Age loudly. Age loudly. Go out and party. Don't stand in line. Being age appropriate's all in your mind. There's no age limit on taking a chance. Go singing, dancing, try some romance. Be the queen of your prom. Reach for your gold, cause it's never too old to rock and roll. Now we're calling on you. Let's open our mouths. We're all joined together. Stand up and shout, age loudly. Everybody shout, age loudly. Mm-hmm. Had a friend who watched TV. Morning tonight, woke up one morning saying, This isn't right. I'm laying around, just getting fatter. Gonna get out of here. It's like it matters now, he's living his life like a hand in a glove. So get off of the couch, live the life that you love. Now we're calling on you. It's open our mouths, all joined together. Stand up and shout, Age loudly. Everybody shout, Age loudly. Hi everyone, this is Sandy Altman, elder law attorney, senior advocate, musician, um, and I want to welcome you all to Age Loudly, the podcast. And um, I have a great guest today, uh, Donna Cornell, who we'll um, uh, introduce in, in a few minutes. And uh, uh, I'm here with my uh, great co-host, Dr. Larry Force, and uh, uh, I want to say a few words, Larry. Well, thank you, Sandy. And Donna, thank you so much for joining us today. <clears throat> we are really pleased that you were able to, uh, to do this. My pleasure. You know, as you, as you know, when we talked, uh, you know, prior to, um, you know, lighting up our podcast, you know, our, our intent is to be able to really build upon our mission. And the mission is to help people recognize uh, it's never over. And uh, age loudly means age like it, like you want it to, age like you mean it, because an age like you matter, because that's really important. So again, welcome. And Sandy, if I could uh, ask you to uh, take it from here. Oh, thanks, Larry. Uh, Yeah. uh, So uh, as uh, Larry mentioned, we have uh, Donna Carroll with us. Thank you so much for being here. I said, <laughs> got your last name wrong. Okay. It, but that's okay. <laughs> Donna Cornell. <laughs> said, wait, that doesn't sound right. It's been one of those days. <laughs> um, uh, uh, thanks so much, Donna, for being here with us. Uh, th- this is going to be a fascinating session. Uh, Donna uh, is um, an author of, uh, of two books. Um, and probably more <laughs> um, that are, are of uh, um, very specific interest to us and especially at this time and what we're all going through. Um, and and uh, uh, one is, which isn't out yet, uh, but shortly, uh, job searching in pandemic times, <laughs> um, <clears throat> which uh, is a major issue for many, many of us. And, um, uh, and previously, and this 
one really fascinates uh, uh, me when I, I looked into it. Conquering the life balance hoax. Hoax, that's right. We'll chat about that one too. I yes. call it a hoax. <laughs> okay. Yeah, even the title. Even the title was a shocker to me. Uh, so um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so so uh, again, thank you for being here. Okay. And uh, 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 why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Give us an intro so okay. our listeners can. can uh, and I've known you for a long time, uh, but I'd like our listeners to know more about you. All right. I am a female entrepreneur. I like to start businesses and build businesses. And then I tend to have a propensity to sell them because I'm always looking for something new to do. Um, the last seven years I spent in a volunteer capacity in the healthcare industry, the ever-changing and now so fraught with challenges healthcare industry. And then when I finished that tenure, I said, okay, what does Donna want to do next? And generally when Donna wants to do something, it's to try to help people. That's my career. I was a career counselor and a headhunter and I helped individuals find jobs and companies find talent. So the first book I wrote was about the life balance hoax. And I'll tell you more about that as we go on through the podcast. And recently I'm wrapping up job searching in pandemic times. And it's interesting that you're talking uh, in this about the graying or the, of America or the gray employee that uh, perhaps there's some, I don't know, prejudice. I don't want to hire somebody old. I want a sparkling newbie. But I think that's going to change with this pandemic, Sandy. In what way? What do you think? Well, I think that companies, you know, there's 25 million people unemployed as of April 2020. Yeah, amazing, amazing figure. It's, it's, we, ha we had 25% um, unemployment during the, the depression, not the recession, but the depression. So I think, and by the way, when I say I think, it's probably a collective effort. For my book, I have interviewed some great talent. I've interviewed a, a vice chancellor of college, a futurist, uh, a person, a psychologist, responsible responsible for hiring all of El Los Angeles County police and sheriff um, and um, a, a slew of other people because it's not just my view. I wanted to let the readers see the opinions about the workforce going forward from other people. So back to the graying people or the people that have seniority. I think there's going to be an opportunity for them because well, I don't think I don't think companies are going to rehire any 25 million people at all. And they're going to still need to have talent. So I think that the senior individual who's willing to work on a contract basis, a temp basis, a freelance basis will have work. And those opportunities are the door openers to a permanent job. Yeah, so basically you get someone who can hit the ground running. Yeah, you're going to need advice. Who's been through this before? I think more senior people have been through probably more than one economic turndown of somebody who's, you know, younger has only been through maybe 2008, which really wasn't compared to this. Anything, this is going to be devastating to so many industries. So let's say I'm an employer and I've got a mid-sized business and let's say I'm in manufacturing and I want to know how do I speed up my manufacturing line and 
go from X number of bottles today to an increase next week. Well, who am I going to call upon? I want to call upon the guy who's been there and done that. And I want to try to find somebody, a senior player, who has that experience. So I think there's going to be opportunities. You know, Donna, you mentioned something that I've recently heard. And I've never heard this term before because I'm, I'm not in, maybe I'm not just in that industry, but somebody referencing the gig economy. And I, and I think that, you know, what you're saying is, I mean, everything is different now and it'll continue to be, it will continue to be different. I think, no, it'll probably be the new normal, but this idea of people engaging, I even see it with, with my own kids. Uh, my oldest guy is an entrepreneur. He has his own business. My youngest guy is in the healthcare network, you know, technology and healthcare. And he asked me one time if I would uh, come down to his office, you know, we're gonna get together for lunch. And for years I worked for the state and, as a, and now I'm in an academic arena, but in working for the state, everything was very rigid. Um, I knew, um, a colleague of mine one time, he was, a, he was a big runner, and he asked somebody to come to his office for a meeting. And they leave the building, and they go out and run together and discuss the content of the meeting. <laughs> he ended up uh, getting in trouble for that because of the fact that um, he had left the building. He had integrated what looked like fun into something that was supposed to be much more of a rigid type of uh, format. Right. So I, I go down to my, uh, my youngest guys uh, and he, he, he loves the startup world. And the startup world, it's like, a, when I opened up the door, it was like walking into a beehive because of the fact that it was in shared space and there were probably about a hundred different startups in this large you know, office building in Manhattan. And the energy was unbelievable. And he takes me up to the kitchen area and uh, he opens up the, the uh, refrigerator and they have uh, wine and beer and people can come in at different times during the day and night to work. It was much more of, a, of a, in, uh, an atmosphere that promoted creativity, unlike the one that I had spent, you know, a large portion of my professional career in. So and when you're writing these things, and, and I want to ask you something later on about your pattern of writing, you know, your practice of it, because I know that a number of our listeners are, are creatives and they write and they paint. And, I, and I, I'd like to learn from you because not only did you want to do it, but you did do it. You know, you did. Right. I did book. do it. Yeah, you know, I did. And, and I, I did, so I, I'll, I'll talk about that later. But let me ask you this. From where you sit, you know, and in your, your background, what's the workplace going to look like? I mean, I know. Ah. <clears throat> well, especially with the, the, the pandemic and technology. Right. Well, we're, we're talking everything in this conversation should be post pandemic because the world has changed. It's not ever going back to what it was. Okay. I'm positive of that. Everybody I talk to who's quote in the know, I'm talking to international economists, international educators, futurists. I've got one of the world renowned futurists who talked to me. It's, it's not going back guys. It's going to be different. So uh, you before, mentioned before gig. you go on, Donna. What you mentioned this term twice, futurist. What, what exactly is that? Okay, a futurist is somebody who takes. He doesn't have a crystal ball. 
<laughs> he takes he or wow. she takes data and trends and does a statistical and numerical analysis to determine to determine which way things are going to go. Um, one of the things this pandemic has done is to push us ten years sooner. I attended a seminar um, in Florida down here. I go to a lot of the Sarasota Institute or the college seminars. And one of them in January was about the time between 2020 and 2030, that 2030 is going to be a significant year of change. And I can share some of that with you. Some of it I don't recall as appropriately as I should. But the pandemic has changed that 2030 to now 2020. So it moved it up 10 years. As a matter of fact, the guy who wrote the book and who's doing the seminars now is writing um, three books this year, 2020 first sec section, 2020 second section, you know, not section, but sec second evolution, so to speak. Uh -huh. It's gonna go that fast. You know, I wanna say this, I tell my students this as a story. I do remember when I was a kid, I don't know, 10, 11 years old, watching TV, black and white TV, and it was about the futurist. And they came on and they predicted the following. At some point, everybody's gonna have their own phone number. And I'm thinking, how is that possible? You're gonna carry around a wall phone? I mean, how is that possible? Everybody is going to, people are going to be paying for TV. I'm thinking, how is that possible? Like a coin dispenser next to your TV? And people would be buying waters in bottle. How, why would I buy water if it's free? As I now fast forward on my cell phone with a bottle of water and, uh, on, you know, with the, with the technology, with, uh, you know, cable TV. And then I recently, probably about a year ago, started to read some things about, you know, the futurist prediction for the future. And, um, it was about the beginning of holograms, you know, about, ah. you know, we watch TV today from across the room. There will be a time even in our own lifetime. I have a friend right now down at Gainesville, Florida, who's working on something. He's a real brainiac in IT, and he's working on something called Z-Space. And what they're doing in his labs is you have an iPad in front of you. What they're doing is they've been able to create computer um, intervention that you're able to actually touch your iPad and be able to bring up to the surface in real life figures on that iPad. Which is the Isn't that amazing? Of, which is like the beginning of the hologram. I mean, there'll be right. a time that we won't be watching TV. We'll, we'll, we'll be in the scene. So I think your point, and I'm really interested in, in, in uh, your friend's view of because the, the, I, I agree with you. There's no going back. All but, right. Here's here. Let me interrupt you for a minute and tell you a funny story. You just told me a personal story. I want to tell you a personal story. I'm married to a great guy. His name is Jeff Werner. He's a retired attorney and a retired judge. And we look at the world very differently. I, I attack it. I want to go forward and wing it. And when something happens, I'll deal with it. Jeff is methodical, he plans, he anticipates every possible pitfall there might be. So I don't know, maybe 30 years ago, we've been together 35 years. Um, and 30 years ago, he says to me, you know, Dick Tracy's alive and well. What do, you, what do you mean Dick Tracy is alive and well? 
he said, you're going to be wearing a wristwatch that, that allows you to talk to people and to see your, you know, your correspondence and everything. Yeah, okay, Jeffrey, go have another glass of wine. Well, of course, everybody I know has the watch now. <laughs> right on their wrist. There it is. You know, they take their email, they talk to it, they make phone calls. Um, the other thing he talked about, which I think is interesting, is he expects the flying cars. I know they're available, but they're expensive now. He expects the flying cars um, to be something quite commonplace. Be interesting to see if it's in my time. <laughs> uh, like the Jetsons. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, exactly. Well, they're available now, but they're 250000 and there's not any airspace regulations approved for them. So, mm. you know, so I, I guess what I'm saying is that COVID is a, is a world changer, not uh, a game changer. So what do I, I see the workforce after all this research I've done? A lot more remote. Definitely remote. Yes. People are going to become accustomed to working remotely and many will like it. Companies, think about companies who sit down and they look at their budget and they've been paying thousands of dollars for two floors of office space. Hmm, do I really need two floors of office space? They're going to say to themselves, no. So I think there's going to be a very big change on the brick and mortar uh, situation as we know for retail stores and now for office space um or operations um, you know as, and as you're talking you know we right. we talked about this idea of ageism and you know being older and grayer and and uh, <clears throat> you know applying for positions the interesting thing is that as you're talking i'm starting to think about will ageism decrease because of the fact that it's in the exchanges that we have through technology, it's really about your skill set. It's not about your appearance. Yes, you are 100% right. I talked about, so I was doing another uh, podcast and I, I spoke and I maybe spoke inappropriately and forgive me if I say it, the appearance is going to change. The girl who's a little chubby isn't going to have to be as embarrassed anymore. And the guy who's got, you know, maybe not as sharp a dresser uh, is not going to have to be embarrassed anymore because they will be able to remote work remotely. Yeah, and just so just so you know, there's almost nothing you can say on our podcast. <laughs> okay. Inappropriate. Well, I think Sandy knows me. I'm pretty direct and pretty open, and I want to make sure that your listeners get the full scope of the knowledge I've gained, both from my years of experience working in headhunting and as a career counselor, and then a community leader, and then from the people I've interviewed. Now, you and Sandy know each other. Yes. So, did you have the same reaction that most of the people that knew or know Sandy, that you tried to get away from him for 20 years? <laughs> okay, that you, no, knew, that you no. knew that if you gave him a microphone, you were dead in the water? No, 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 no. I'm not going to. I'm not biting that bait at all. The people are fishing down here in the dock. You want to join them? That's I mean, okay. Sandy, Sandy and I have known each other for, I don't know, 20 plus years sitting on boards and things like that. And I spent about 15 or 18 of those years trying to get away from him. And now I realize the biggest regret I have is I really didn't get to know him sooner in my life. Oh, isn't that beautiful, though? That's very nice. Well, that's very true. You know, yes. let, me, let me mention something here. We're talking about the actual, we're not talking, addressing, I don't think yet, and we should, 
the evolution of the individual. You know, the world has changed, the employment scene has changed. How has the individual changed? What about the man or woman that wants to go out and look for a job? Are they going to, going to be exploring the same opportunity they had? Or have they taken the time, which I hope everybody does, to really reflect upon what it is that they want? Maybe the skill set they had isn't viable anymore. And that's when they need to go into reskilling, upskilling, um, which is another two terms for training, which we can talk about in a few minutes. But they really need to, I think anybody looking to go look for a job, explore a job, needs to really take an introspective look as to who they are, how this has changed them and how it might impact what they're going to do with the rest of their life. So what do you think people should look for? I mean, um, you know, when we're going through what we're going through now, um, and, you know, there's been all kinds of promises that, okay, you're laid off, you'll get unemployment, and people are not getting it. You have a business, and, and um, you can uh, apply, apply for a loan, which may turn into a grant almost impossible to get now. Um, so a lot of people are gonna be focused on where can I make money? And you're saying- Well, is that the right focus? Is that the right focus? I mean, really, you know, maybe somebody's, many people have been affected by COVID with actual death of a loved one or a family member or somebody they know. I don't think anybody's been untouched by it. Then, you know, people's lifestyles, like you say, waiting for uh, unemployment. And, you know, maybe they've had to go from, you know, a Mercedes to a Kia to a used car. Maybe their overall financial picture's really been impacted. And they maybe they found they can live on less. You know, they're talking a lot about less consumer consumption and downsizing. Maybe this is the time for people to think, maybe should I be doing that? And, and interesting you should mention this, because one of the things that I hear a lot and I notice a lot, and I'm sure you do too, is how clean the air is now oh. and how easy it is to drive when you have to drive. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's like we see stars. I mean, I live in a pretty rural area, but a lot of times, you know, you look up and you know it's cloudy or hazy even even here and now oh my goodness you know <laughs> you, you can see things you couldn't see before the just the, the scent of the air is amazing uh uh, uh now and I, I sort of wonder is that something that's going to inspire people to do less driving to do less th things that affect our, our environment because they've seen it be better or do you think everyone's just going to go back to the way it was oh now i can't they can't go back sandy they can't go back because it's going to be so different they say that of the 25 million jobs that have been lost and for somebody to believe that they've been furloughed and that their employer is going to come them back call them right back mm. no 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 they should be out looking for other opportunities because if they're one of the few where the employer calls them back, wonderful. Then they'll have a choice between what they uncovered, the new one and the former. But they're talking about 25 million jobs now are, are lost, okay? They're on unemployment. Half of those 
may get rehired. And then the concern they have, which is really interesting, listen to this, that 15% of the ones that are rehired will then end up losing their job a year from now because the company they went back to didn't change quickly enough for the new times, the leader didn't have vision, they had gotten in such a bad hole, they couldn't get back out again. So they're talking about the effect for being years. This is gonna be years. Can you give us an example of what you know, kind of businesses you think might be in that, in that position? Where, they lo where they're lost or where they, they make it back? Where they're lost. Mm, I think anything in, uh, in my opinion, in retail, I think unfortunately construction is gonna be hurt because the demand for brick and mortar is going to be less. Um, anything in retail, anything that had to do with uh, heavy consumer consumption. I think that uh, jobs that will be active will be customer service. People who, let's say, were in hospitality, waiter, waitress, they should go upskill or reskill and get computer skills. Technology is going to be so important. Oh, my goodness. If, if you don't up enhance your computer skills, you are fighting a losing battle in the job market. Say that again. You need to enhance your computer skills and need to upgrade your technology that you know. Um, you need to embrace technology because if you don't, you won't be able to find a job. Customer what? service, customer service, even the clerks retail have to know a computer program. You know, I tell my students all the time, there's two things you need to take into a family's life, <clears throat> your heart and an, and, an, and an understanding of technology. Yes. You can only take one, you take your heart, but you cannot act. I mean, even in the field of private practice, I used to see maybe one or two people remotely on a platform called doxy.me because it was HIPAA compliant and there were a lot of regulations. I have a friend that runs a private agency he tells me now that his caseworkers are seeing people on FaceTime for a billable service because those regulations have, they're gone. They've evaporated overnight, you know, and remote, and, remote society, virtual society. That's where we're headed. Well, you know, I was talking to somebody else the other day and, you know, we live in the Hudson Valley. So we still have the ability to go outside, you know, on our property. We still have the ability to walk our dog in a state park if we want. Right. So, and we have the ability to go to the store early, social distance, the whole bit. But I asked the person to think, think about, let's go downtown. Let's go into the city. Let's go to Park Avenue. Let's go to a large office building, 40, 50 floors high. And let's stand in the lobby as we're waiting for the elevator and 30 people then move to the elevator. How do you think, I mean, there's going to be, complete readjustment of how is that done you know with people being so fearful and it's going to start in the very beginning when i talk about the job hunting topic that's where video or virtual interviewing is going to explode it's been used a little for very senior levels before companies would have to invest in the expense of flying somebody mm. there you know but I just, uh, I wrote a little section the other day about the no handshake hire. A young man who had four video interviews and was hired, but he never shook the physical hand of anybody he's going to be working with. And That's his job is not gonna be remote. Let me just add one more thing. His job is not gonna be remote when he finally gets to walk through the door of that company. 
Uh, and people are really thinking about this too, how, how things are going to change. When you mentioned no handshake, someone the other day says, said, well, now I know not to shake people's hands. And I guess it's now I know not to be too close to people. Right. Uh, you know, all, all, all of this. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention uh, is that, um, uh, you know, of course, in my law practice, I see a lot of seniors and, of course, caregivers. Um, and, um, uh, you know, I was asked about emails, phones, you know, all, all, all this stuff, FaceTime. And, and uh, I'd always get this from, from, uh, from the staff. Oh, well, she's 83, and uh, so she probably doesn't have an email or know how to use, you know, that's totally wrong now. Yes, I mean, it is. I, I mean, th this is, you know, everybody knows how to do FaceTime. Everybody knows email. You have uh, your computer, your phone, all, all, whatever, whatever it is. And I think that's really going to help um, uh, help people, especially older people, if they can break through th that stereotype. Um, and I think now, where you have to do things remotely, uh, it's going to be more more common for for um, that image to be broken because. They've been on on, uh, on Zoom and Skype and all this stuff, even if it's to see their grandkids or, or, or whatever. And, and I think people are becoming more attuned to this because now it's really necessary. We've been thrust into this um, uh, into this situation where the stuff that you wanted to do before has to be done remotely. Let me ask Larry a question. They've been asking me questions. Let me ask Larry a question. Do you think that with this senior participation increasing in computers and Zoom and everything that it adds to the qual both the quality of life and perhaps the longevity of the senior? Without a doubt, because yeah. we know that you can suck down all the anti-aging vitamins you want, you can lotion up with all the anti-aging cream. But if you divorce yourself from purpose and meaning, you have a tendency to die uh, earlier. I mean, we right. know that be because of the type of, of platform that this provides, I mean, let's just talk about my own personal life, you know, teaching courses online, okay? Everybody thinks, oh, that's easy. It's, it's a bear, you know? I mean, you're putting a, a, a tremendous amount of work in getting everything up there tremendous amount of work in facilitating, you know, uh, all the discussions and emails and evaluating papers. But I, I look at my own life. I mean, I, have I been more productive during the COVID-19 situation? I think I've been more focused, you know, mm -hmm. because I'm not going back and forth. I'm not running back and forth. I'm not, you know, everything is, is, is more deliberate. And so much so that uh, I've been able to construct, because I'm a big believer in you know, we talk about black and white TVs, and we talk about that being antiquated, but I'm a big believer in the use of the Franklin planner. So I'm the guy, uh, okay. which, you, which, you, which you know resonates in your world. Yes, yes, I, I used it for a long time. Yes. I was, you know, it was like I was detoxing, trying to get away from carrying it, you know, mm -hmm. and, but, it, but it helped me put an external structure on what I wanted to do and what I wanted to accomplish. And now, you know, everything is uh, mobile based and things like that, but I still have in front of me on my desk, I don't carry it with me,
but I still use it for notations and things I want to do and not only during the day, but accomplish in the week of the month. And I think that, you know, answer to, a direct answer to your question, I think it will definitely add to the value and quality of a person's life. Right. That's what I, that's what I felt. And I have to tell you, um, we've been getting groceries. I go online and I order groceries. It's Instagram. I'm here in Longboat Key, Florida, beautiful part of the state. Absolutely beautiful. Oh, yes. Very safe, very beautiful. So I go online and I place my order and then my husband goes and picks up or they would deliver, but you know, he goes and picks it up and they open the trunk of the car and they put the groceries in, right? I'm not sure I ever want to go back in a grocery store again because of several reasons. Number one is being very, still feeling vulnerable after the crisis is over. Number two, I'm not impulse buying. I had many fewer bags of cookies uh -huh. <laughs> and I certainly don't have my best ice cream, you know? So it's, it's interesting. I think those kinds of things are going to change completely. You know, my wife asked me what, what do I miss the most? I mean, what would I do first? Not necessarily first, but what would I really miss? I, I love going to Starbucks, not, ah. just, not just for the coffee, but I sit there and I use that as a space to write. I, we we're committed to trying our best to support local establishments. Right. So, so the other night we, favorite pizza place we go to I call you know I order I'm going to just pick it up but in the process of picking it up with gloves on and a mask and the guy that owns the pizza parlor with gloves on and a mask we're talking for 10 minutes and I'm driving mm -hmm. home and I'm and I said to myself how much I relish how much I really love that oh, I really miss oh, really that that human the human contact type of thing even mm -hmm. though zoom is here and yes we're engaged in, in, in many ways, um, first of all, I totally agree with you. There's no going back. It's a different frontier we're, we're going to be moving That's right. into. Um, and, and the technology helps, you know, ease the isolation and increases the connection. But that human connection, you know, that, that story you told about the fellow that took the job without shaking a hand. Mm -hmm. I think that, that that's the new norm. I mean, I, I don't see people shaking hands. I don't see people crowded, uh, you know, settings like we did before. So I, I totally hear you. But I, I want to ask you something. Okay. Um, I'm a big believer in that writers write. You know, you hear, I have conversations with people all the time. They're, they're telling me about the book they want to write. Well, if, if you want to write it, it's inside of you. Just get it out. Writers write. So you have a track record of writing books. Right. I'd right. like you to share with our listeners the practice of that, the practice of writing. How, where do you do it? How do you do it? How often do you do it? Because it is a discipline. People think of writing a book is easy until you go to write a book. <laughs> what people think that, Larry? What people? People, people, that, people that have not uh, you know, published a book think that. Okay. So but we know. 15 years ago, I wrote a book and a product and a series of tapes called The Power of the Woman Within. It was my personal story of how I overcame a horrible beginning, tragedy after tragedy, to finally find my way clear, uh, find happiness, uh, great success, a true entrepreneur, and, and you know, you saw my awards, honor, 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 honor. Okay, so I wrote that. Then I stopped for a while, and I 
got busy with life, you know, three children in college at the same time and, you know, trying to overcome the 2008, you know, recession, all of those things. And then um, maybe three and a half or four years ago, I said, I need to tell people what helped me through my times. And it's because I stopped believing in life balance. And then came the life balance hoax. And the way I wrote that, I got up each morning and said, before my day, when I was working, I had to get up maybe six o'clock and do from six to eight, and then take a quick shower and go to work. I didn't want it to impact my personal life. I didn't want it to impact my time as a mom. I didn't want it to impact my relationship with my husband. You know, um, we watch football together. So I couldn't even say when he watches football, I'm going to go do writing. So I really had to have the discipline to do it at times that did not negatively impact or take me away from the family. So I wrote and I wrote and I wrote. People said, what's your outline? What's your... I didn't have anything. I just wrote from my heart and I wrote some more. Then I had all these 600 pages. <laughs> what do you do? I hired a gal who helped me take, and I, we didn't actually take scissors, but we took on the computer scissors and cut this paragraph belongs up here. And what's the point you're trying to make here? What section is this really belong in? And then when we put it in sections, then all the rest was, was the type of thing that you know. Does this flow? Does this make sentence? Am I clear? Am I fulfilling my message, my promise, my thesis? So that's my experience. And you're so, doing this on a, um, a laptop? You're doing it handwritten? Laptop. Laptop. Love it. Yeah, I'm a, fast, I'm a fast typist. I used to be a typist, and I used to take minutes of, of meetings for different organizations as stenography. You know, my, just quickly, uh, my mom died when I was 14. I was bright in school. I skipped a grade. I was really smart. I was headed to college. And my mom died, I was 14, and my sister was three, and the other one was 11 months old. Oh my. So my future, <laughs> there was no future. I had to help my dad get through this horrible time. And so um, I think that experience also made me very strong though, because when the worst thing that can happen to you happens at 14, anything else you're gonna do, like try a new business or whatever is kind of, it's small potatoes, so to speak. But uh, yeah, I think that that started me writing. I felt I had a story to tell and that, that started me with the first book and then I share it in the second book. But you asked me a question earlier about life balance and why I use the word hoax. Would you like me to talk about that a few minutes? I would like that, hoax, yes. yes. Okay. Hoax is a very strong word. I know I struggled with the title of the book, but it is what I believe. I don't believe it's intentional at all. I don't think anybody sat down and said, oh, we're going to tell everybody about this life balance and they can have it. Uh, I think a lot of it happened uh, at different times, you know, creative destruction. We can talk about that in another time. Most people probably understand creative destruction is when um, in its simplest form, when the automobile shut down the need for a horse for a horse and buggy, so, you know, something was destroyed, but something better evolved. Okay, 
I believe that our life is comprised of three distinct circles. Think of the Olympics only, they're not all the same size. There's your work life, there's your relationship life, and then there's your self circle. Those three are so integrated, but they change. Something happens and one circle gets very big. My son was in a very bad car accident when he was 14. He got last rites, I'm, I'm Christian. Uh, he got last rites um, and he uh, became my life, my relationship circle. I wore the same Navy warm up for weeks. And I like to think of myself as a little bit of a fashionista. <laughs> and, and my business, I literally gave the keys to my business to an employee and said, sign whatever you need to sign, just try to keep the doors open. That was life balance, life unbalanced at its biggest example. My work, my work circle was little, my self circle was the size of a dime, but my relationship circle was as big as the moon. So I think that happens to us and what we need to do is learn how to work within that. There may be times that, that we cause it to happen Maybe we have a big work project and we just decide we have to put ourselves and our relationships aside and then work becomes really big. Or maybe it happens when our sister is having a baby and we want to throw her a shower. All of a sudden getting time for yourself gets very small and getting time even for work gets eh, in, impacted. So that's the theory that it's a hoax. And if you try to strive for balance, life balance, you are going to taste the bittersweet, not sweet at all, taste of failure buds. You're going to feel terrible. You're going to be, why can't I be like him? Look at him. He's got a successful career. Look at him. He has time to teach little Johnny baseball. I can't even get home on time. So I, I wanted to have my message be to dispel any chasing of life balance. If it happens, and it can happen, it's wonderful. Cherish it. Happens. But I think it's more like kind of the moon, the stars align, and gee, you have a really good week where all of life is okay. The rest of the time you need to work hard at massaging what's in the way uh, back into place. That's I, I, I love it. that. I really, I mean, I, I think, and I think one of the things that I find, one of the things I really like about that is the fact that it's not set forever. Things change. Oh, yeah. At one point, the circle, and, and this whole thing about me, I, I told you about this weekly plan that I have for myself, and I looked at it, I scotch taped it on my wall, and I looked at it, and I, I realized the one thing that I hadn't really structured in there or scheduled was me time. Right. You know, whatever that looked like, could be bike riding, could be dog walking, could be whatever. And how important it is to be able to build into that. And you recognize it with, the, with that, you know, work relationship self, how mm -hmm. important it is to be able to build in being present for yourself. Would perfection be that they were all like the Olympic circles and all equal? That would be perfection. It's not real. It can't happen. Not in today's world. Not the way we live. So I mean, why, the people, why thing. people search for that? I mean, why why is that a goal? I mean, I, I you know, I've heard the term, but uh, you know, life balance and all. But 
what makes it so attractive to some people that they will seek that and if they don't get it, they'll be disappointed? I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, you know, because I think that they think maybe that's the avenue to peace in their life or something, but it isn't. Sometimes somebody may decide to be workaholic for three weeks for a project. They're going to come out feeling really good about themselves. Doesn't mean that they don't feel feel as though they've uh, taken enough time with themselves or they've taken enough time with family. They made a choice then to keep their life totally unbalanced because they wanted to carry take care of this work project. But it was their choice. See, what I don't like is when it happens to you and you're not controlling it. Uh. You know. So in that book, I have a whole section about a couple of things. I have a section on control, how to take control of your life. I have a section on making choices and then powerful communications because that's what you need to be in control of your life. You need to be able to make a good choice, learn how to make a good choice. And then you need to be able to communicate that choice to whomever is in your life and whoever it's going to impact. Of course, the control is an interesting term. Uh, I, I sometimes feel like, control is a hoax. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, and look at what we're going through now. I mean, we have no control, really, over how this, this, this happened, and how awful it got, and how, you know, we're fighting against it. And maybe, you know, we will, uh, we will conquer this. But it's going to be a long time period, over which we have very little, very little control and it's changed our lives so dramatically. Ah, but the first lesson is know the things you can control and you can't control and you can't control many things. All you can do is control your reaction. What are you going to do with what happened to you? I I agree with that a hundred percent. You know, uh, change the prescription in your glasses, (laughs) you know, (laughs) look, look at things a different way. (laughs) That's very cute. That's very cute. Yes. You're right. How you look at it. Yes. I didn't make that up. No. (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, and I had not heard it before, so I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> you know, we talked a little bit about the practice of writing. We talked about the, the writer's right. Tell us what you're thinking about churning out now. Beyond completing the book you're working on, what, what, what you're thinking about what you want to say and how you want to say it. I think, believe it or not, my next book is going to be oriented more to the the person and personal life and family life. You know, I I had a tough time. I learned a lot. I uh, was able to go into a marriage where we blended children. You know, we had two families. My husband had custody of his son. We had children. Um, It's going to be probably about, I don't know what the title would be, but happy relations, fulfilling relationships, fulfilling life. Mm. Um, life fulfillment, you know, because I think that work is going to be important for people, but I really think this is going to change the mindset a little bit. You know, I have just quickly, I have in my book things that says, are you willing to take a pay cut? What do you really need to live? Why do you need to be a success? What do you, what, what does climbing the career ladder mean to you and why? You know, really take a look at what you do daily. Do you go to work to be somebody or do you go to work to provide a living for this family unit that you love so much? You know, this introspection that I think is necessary. So I think my book will probably be something like that. Is it going to be a failure? Will it sell? What do you think? Will people like hearing from me? I don't know. (laughs) Listen, absolutely. 
I can tell you that we like hearing from you and I've well, seen thank you, you and I've seen you in action in the community and the community members like hearing from you. Well, thank you. So I think, you know, thank your you. fingerprints are on a number of things and, you know, a tip of the hat and bravo. Thank you. Thank you. It's been fun part talking to you. Really and fun. Let me ask you, if people wanted to reach out to you, read your books, uh, how, how would they contact you? Well, I have a good website. It's www, here's very creative, www.donnacornell.com. <laughs> Just my name. And I'm putting uh, on there, there'll be a place to, to email me. Um, they can contact me. They can order the book. The first book they can order through Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Mm -hmm. The second book will be pre-order on my website, and then it will also be Amazon and Barnes and Noble, probably by June at the latest. I'm pretty close. So is it ready to go now? In other words, if someone went to your website, we'll be able to find out about- um, not, not the pandemic, job not, job, not job searching and pandemics, not when yet. When do you think that's gonna be? I, I, I think that'll be June by June 1st. I think mm -hmm. I'll have it ready. I have the cover done. I have, it's in the hands of an editor, but you know, I have two more interviews I want to do. People have been really busy, but I'm asking them to come. And you me. referenced the uh, Longboat Keys. Is that is that home now? That's part time, half and half. I'm I'm have the advantage. I still live in Orange County. I have the advantage of coming here for the winter season, and because it's such a low, there's 18 cases only in on Longboat Key itself. Really? Let me. How long? How long have you been going back? How long have you been present? Not this year, but I mean, how how many years have you been going to Longboat Key? Fifteen. Because we found a haven three years ago, and we've been back every year, and we intend to go next year, and that's our favorite place called, and you know this, Anna Maria Island. Oh my goodness, you're you're my next door neighbor. Exactly. Yes. Yes. We, we love that area. It's Absolutely. magnificent. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah, the, key, the keys are gorgeous. In fact, um, uh, my wife and I got married in Key West on on the on the beach, uh, and uh, we we've been going there for years. Larry, you need to educate him. He needs to know this is not a key. It's called Longboat no, Key. No, no, it's not no, a key. I, look, I look. You know. Tell me. This was like throwing him a softball. I was going to wait until he finished and then maybe he'll oh, no. pull, out a, pull out a map of uh, Florida. <laughs> and I figured, let him go. I mean, no, I, don't no, know, no. I don't know how well you know him, but we know him as space lawyer. Okay, that's his email. <laughs> and I think you understand. I mean, let him go. If he wants to talk about Longbow Key and Florida <laughs> Keys, let him go. Now you Thank, you, him for Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Listen, uh, it's been a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure. And, and Sandy, thank you for making this happen with the connection with Donna. Oh, it was, it was great. Well, actually, actually, um, uh, Donna contacted me after hearing one of our podcasts. Right. I was very impressed and very pleased. And I said, that's a good vehicle. Look, I really am trying to help people. Yes, I don't want to spend a fortune. I hope to make some money at least to cover my costs on all my books and everything. But I know I'm not going to become you know, the next person on TED Talk. But I do have information that I think is helpful. And and I, I want can, to I share. You, can I stop you right there? There's no reason you're not the next person on TED Talk. This is true. I mean, you I'm have so much to say. You have a strong message based upon the lived experience. There's no reason that you shouldn't be sitting on a stage. Well, that'll be my next uh, agenda. Let me get the book and out. Can I, can I make other, one other recommendation? Bring us with Sir, you. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. I like it. I like it. We'll Thank you for you. doing this too, guys. Thank you very much. Really. Oh, you're welcome. Sandy, you want to take us? Uh, sure do. So, uh, <laughs> um, want to thank uh, uh, a few, few people, a few um, uh, other resources. First, and always, I want to thank Brian McCann. Uh, uh, he's our engineer, usually works from the radio station where we usually record. Now, of course, everything's remote, but he still manages to do what he has to do, taking our recording and putting it in, into the form that we can actually put it on a platform. So thank you, Brian. Um, uh, amazing. He always comes through whatever we need. Um, I want to mention our, our, our Gmail. Um, it's, it's easy. It's agelowley, the podcast at gmail.com. Uh, everyone has time at home. Email us if you like uh, with suggestions some criticisms if you must, but we listen to everything. Um, and um, uh, want to find out what's com coming up or if you want to suggest, suggest things that you think would be great, or if you want to be on our podcast, that's what Donna did. Uh, so, and she, and she is here. Uh, also want to shout out to uh, Times Herald Record, their 55 plus page is always on Tuesday, which is today, at least when we're recording, uh, I, write, I write for them, uh, uh, sometimes as well. It's a lot of good information for, uh, for seniors, caregivers, um, and anyone else involved with them. Um, and um, okay, I made some notes here, can't read them. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, and of course, um, Donna Cornell, thank you so much for being, uh, for being on podcast. You really gave us so much good information people are going to love you. Uh, and this is, this is uh, Thank you. A, lot of, uh, a lot of fun um, and uh, really appreciate it. And of course, I want to thank my co-host, Dr. Larry Force. Take well, it away, you, Larry. Andy, right back at you. And Donna, thank you so much. And we look forward to meeting and seeing you next time on Age Loudly, the podcast. The world is changing, going our way. Now we've got the numbers, what have I say? Making decisions is everyone's right. Empower yourself and vote how you like. When you retire, don't close the book. Strike out a new, give your world a new look. One other thing that we want to mention. If you're not mad, you're not paying attention. Now we're calling on you. Self and our man, all join together. Stand up and shout, age loudly, age loudly, everybody shout, age loudly, age loudly, one more time, age loudly. <laughs>